Hey everybody, welcome back to the Fit Aviators Club podcast and another episode of the Layover Fit Brief. On the previous one, I mentioned about how working out less during my four-day trip allowed me to manage my energy a whole lot better and performance as well. On this episode, I'm actually going to show you how I managed to ease my way back into weight training after having a 10-day vacation without touching a single weight. So the Layover Fit Brief starts now. Welcome to the Fit Aviators Club podcast, where aviation, fitness, and mindset meet to improve the balance of your health and quality of life in aviation. This is your host, Fernando Contreras, and let's get to it. This episode is brought to you by Airfare Pouch. They are a fantastic and amazing company you've heard me talk about before. Usually this pouch right here is full of healthy and tasty snacks. I've obviously eaten them all during my trips, but I absolutely love Airfare Pouch because it gives me peace of mind that I'm having healthy, trusted snacks that have no added oils, no added sugars, none of that extra stuff that all these other snacking companies have, and they have a specific criteria for these small businesses that provide these snacks to fit into this pouch. So this gives me great peace of mind that I'm eating something healthy while I'm on the layover, while I'm flying to even hold me over for when I go to have my lunches or dinners. So if you're going to check out Airfare Pouch, do so at airfarepouch.com and use Fit Aviator as a code if it's your first time purchasing for a 50% off. Also, today's episode is brought to you by BJ Clean. This is a company that provides shampoo, body wash, and it has no harsh chemicals, no sulfates, no parabens, and it is actually made here in the United States. The coolest part is that if you see here the logo, there's an F-22 there, and it is actually made and created by fighter pilots who were also airshow pilots as well, and they absolutely know and understand how important it is to not put any of these extra harsh chemicals. We're already going through so many other things that our body is trying to, again, find homeostasis, and just having one less thing in your body from those chemicals is is already great. So if you want, check out bjclean.com. Use Fit15 for a 15% off discount. All right, so this layover fit brief is my first month holding a line, so that's pretty cool. And normally, my trips start with a call from crew scheduling, but this time, not to, not this time, <laughs> not this time. We were actually in Israel, in Jordan, Jess and I, we took a 10-day vacation and just went on over there. The cool thing about having a line this month is that I can trade my trips around to have a couple of days off straight in a row. And that's what we did. We took advantage of the direct flight from Miami to Tel Aviv, spent some time there, and then came back here to go work, actually, straight straight from our flights. Jess went to work, and then so did I. So um, it was a great time we spent together, but then we went straight into work for about four days. So I gave myself a 24-hour day to just kind of re reacclimate to, to this time zone, and it worked out pretty nicely. So I will actually share with you not only how I eased my way back into resistance training during this uh, trip, but also how I manage fatigue during these 3 a.m. wake-ups for every single one of these trips or, or these days that we were flying. So I'm going to share first my routine 
that I do in the mornings to be able to kind of just get me going, fire up that central ner- peripheral nervous system and just kind of get my body, get everything all fired up. So usually I wake up for these trips. I woke up at three in the morning and the first thing that I do is that I take a nice cold shower. Yes, these cold showers are absolutely amazing. There's been a ton of research about these the benefits of having cold showers, but besides from this re- from this research and benefits, the way it gets me feeling is all super pumped up, like I am ready to conquer the world. That's that's pretty amazing for 3 a.m. waking up in your window of circadian low, and I'll go over those um, here in a minute for people who are not familiar with circadian rhythm. Then what I do is I uh, start getting ready. And before I put my uniform on, I do a couple of stretches. So I usually start to stretch out my hamstring, my uh, piriformis as well. These are muscles that are connecting from like your glute all the way down to your knee. And by stretching those, you're actually being able to put your hips in a much better placement. And then I go and move over to doing some core uh, exercises that also contribute to glute activation to be able to stabilize uh, a lot of those muscles during sitting down, which you know, that's what we do for the majority of the time that we're flying. So um, these stretches, I usually hold them. I do them in dynamic because I just don't have that much time in the morning. Um, I do about five seconds, five repetitions on each leg, and I stretch out the hamstrings. I stretch out the piriformis, and then I stretch out. So I do, I do some mobility on the hips um, to be able to get that hip flexor also kind of stretched out in the glutes. And then I move on to those core workouts. If you're not a morning person, this routine might be able to get you through that groggy feeling, that that feeling of just not wanting to be in the mood in the morning because I know it's hard. I'm a morning person though, so for me, waking up early is awesome. I thoroughly enjoy the mornings and I love being up before anyone else so that I can get a lot of stuff done. So, um, But this this routine really, really helps me a lot, especially the cold shower. So speaking about circadian rhythm right if you're if you're in your career where you're already at the airlines or you're in the corporate or you learn some of this in recurrent in initial training we understand that there are regulations in place by FAR 117 um, on fatigue management and, mit- and mitigating fatigue and one of the concepts that we learn is that we understand that there are cir- windows of circadian lows these are the moments in which you are at your most sleepiest moments and you perform the worst and that those windows are from 3 a.m to 6 a.m and then in the afternoon it's from 3 p.m to 5 p.m well not everybody's circadian low or circadian rhythm is the same if you've accustomed your body to be in overnight shifts your window of circadian low might shift over a certain amount of hours um, so it's very important to understand. So you might want to keep track of when you feel like you're at your least performance and most sleepy and see what, what window is that's on during the day. And then during the night as well, obviously during the night when you're sleeping, you won't be able to tell, but these things have been recorded through, you know, metrics and everything that people wear. Um, and they provide that kind of data. So circadian rhythm, there's two, uh, there might be more than two, but the ones that I have studied and know is your hormonal circadian rhythm, which is based on the secretion of cortisol and melatonin. When you when you are receiving light or some sort of sunlight through your eyes, through your cornea, it is actually signaling your 
somewhere in your brain for it to start releasing cortisol. When you release cortisol, this is a, a hormone that is like heightened awareness. So your heart rate starts to come up. Your blood pressure starts to rise to normal levels. You're coming out of a, a sleep state into an awake state. That's what cortisol does. Cortisol is also, is also a hormone that's associated with stress. So it is a stress hormone. Too much cortisol may be signaling or may be uh, giving you some sort of deficiencies or or blockages in something that you may not be able to overcome because there's excess cortisol being secreted. But cortisol is a normal horm hormone to be able to be in the awake state. Melatonin, on the other hand, you've heard of people take melatonin for going to sleep. It's the secretion of this melatonin, which is a hormone that decreases your heart rate, decreases your blood pressure, and it gets you into this, I'm getting ready to sleep mode. So Okay, that's very important to understand that there's a hormonal circadian rhythm and that melatonin secretes when there's not that much light and you're often in a dark room. That's why it's so important when you're trying to get some rest that you are in a very dark room for about half an hour to an hour before you're actually going to go to bed. It improves sleep quality a ton. Also, I'm no longer charging my phone next to me because, you know, the waves of that thing kind of interfere with your brain. I've started to charge my phone, put it at least 20 to 30 feet away from me. And, you know, I have my regular alarm clock. So that has also helped a ton. I, you know, there's no way of knowing if that's what's causing a significant difference in your sleep quality, but I know it contributes to it. Studies have proven it. So I'm, I'm obviously doing it because if the studies prove it, I'm, I'm more willing to try these things if it's going to benefit my health. Another type of circadian rhythm, it's also your cellular circadian rhythm. There are studies that show that your cells also have an internal clock. And this is based on insulin. This is based on when you're eating. And your circadian rhythm of these cells, if you if your circadian rhythm of the cells and that the hormonal circadian rhythm are not aligned, then there is some sort of confusion that your body is going through. So I'll give you an example of that. When your body is receiving cortisol or is receiving sunlight, so cortisol secreted and you're going into the awake state, normally this is time that your cells are like, oh, okay, well, I should be eating soon. So, you know, I'm going to prepare for that. And then you eat insulin, you know, rise and such and such. That's that process. Same thing. The opposite goes with melatonin when, when there's less light, melatonin secretes, your body's preparing to not eat for a while because you're going to sleep. Well, for cargo pilots or people who are working way overnight through or throughout the night, you are in a dark environment. You're trying to stay awake. What your body's feeling is like, well, melatonin should be secreting because it's kind of dark outside. I'm not receiving any sunlight. And then on top of that, you're going to get hungry. So you're going to start eating. So now your circadian, your hormonal is telling you one thing, your cellular is telling you another thing, and you're eating when you're supposed to be sleeping. That takes some time to get acclimated with, and not everybody acclimates with that. And also the process on how you do that is very crucial. So there's a ton of research out there that you could you could search up on on how to be able to make your 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 body adapt or mitigate after you've done overnight flying, you know, it's not just cargo pilots. It's also uh, regular 121 pilots who have red eyes and when we fly red eyes, you know, so 
those those are the things that we kind of have to be keep, just keep in mind, you know, and, and kind of study up on. I also will, I am going to share a lot more of these things of these studies that I I learned throughout. Uh, but this isn't an episode for that. But I do want to mention the importance of it. So keeping in mind that you have a hormonal circadian rhythm, you have a cellular circadian rhythm. And not everybody's circadian rhythm is the same. Is the same. You can kind of keep track of yours by seeing when you are the sleepiest and just kind of take a, a note of what hours those are. And it's also been suggested that during your second window of circadian low, 3 to 5 p.m., that if you feel like taking a nap, obviously while you're not flying, but if you're at the hotel or you're at home, you could take a 20-minute nap during this low and you can actually be even more productive when you get when you come off that nap and throughout the evening if you you know if you feel like your body can can do that i've tried it it works pretty well i'm not a person to take naps but when i've had to take naps it's worked really well okay so now let's get back to the the actual layover fit brief and how i introduced the resistance training back after 10 days on this trip that Jess and i did I didn't touch a single weight, but we are very active during these trips. We're always constantly on the go and we're moving. Okay. We're moving a ton. So I didn't lose the, the, the aspect of movement and also cardiovascular steady state conditioning. Um, so that, that kind of really helps because as I mentioned on the previous one, steady state cardio helps with recovery. So yes, if I have been pushing a lot of weight in these past couple of months, a good 10 days off, but also staying some sort of active actually really helped me with my recovery and actually made it feeling a whole lot better. I don't feel as muscularly fatigued. So uh, the, what I thought about was, well, if I'm going to come back after 10 days of not touching a weight, I am going to ease my way into it. I'm going to keep the volume at a certain, at a certain uh, number, but not because volume you can do either by high weight and low reps, and you can still get some sort of volume, or you can get the same volume by doing low weight, higher reps, right? It's obviously going to take more of the other to get the same amount, but you're still creating volume. The way I think about it is if I'm going to ease my way into it, I'm going to do low weight, and I'm going to do a lot of reps. When I'm talking about a lot of reps, I'm only talking about 12 to 15, this is the rep range that I am comfortable at, that I know that I feel really good at, and I'm not going to be super extra sore because if I were to go heavyweight and low reps after 10 days of not working out, I know I'm going to feel sore. Is my performance going to be decreased? Maybe, maybe not. I don't really care because I just focus on feeling good. I don't want to be, I don't want to feel like I can't move my chest or my arms. So that's what I did. I started doing 12 to 15 reps and then I did three sets of each uh, exercise that I did. So when I did chest and back, when I did arms, when I did legs, that's how I kind of broke it up in between each exercise. So the first day, one leg to Mexico City and I just did chest and back that day. So I did a couple of uh, dumbbell chest press, a couple of incline press you know, some back exercise, uh, upper traps, mid traps, lower traps, and some lats. 15, 12 to 15 reps each, three sets. It got me feeling really, really good. 
It's like an introduction to your body to activate central and peripheral, peripheral nervous system and get those all those muscles firing again after they haven't for a, for a while. And I felt really, really great. Had a awesome dinner with the crew. Some of us went out to go get some tacos and let me tell you, it was, it was just, you know, being in Mexico city is just something else. The food was totally, totally amazing. Um, just walking around, exploring there, the, the different things that are, are in downtown were just awesome to see. And I will show you, I didn't, I wasn't able to take as much, as many videos this, uh, trip because I was just a little lazy. Um, but, uh, it, it was, it was, it was a fun time. I'll show you, I'll show you guys some of these good, good tacos. It's, I really want to go back for that. So the second day, here we go, waking up at 3 a.m. We talked about the morning routine, and we we have a, a flight from Mexico City to Miami and then Miami to Raleigh-Durham. In Raleigh-Durham, there wasn't really much to do there. We were staying at the airport hotel, so I'm just going to like take this day to chill out um, and not go explore, but I'm also going to do my workout. So I decided to do legs that day, I focused on just doing a ton of reps again, just like how I did in Mexico City. I did some uh, front squats. I did uh, some uh, single leg lunges. I did some uh, step up, single leg step ups. And th- those ACE uh, unilateral exercises, rather than uh, a full, you know, like squat or like a, or a full deadlift, got my nervous system also focusing on a lot of things as well. Doing a unilateral, meaning single leg, single arm, only on one side, you're focusing a lot on not only pushing through that movement, but you're also focusing on stability and you're also focusing on uh, on, on activation and firing of those specific muscles without the help of the other side. So that really gets you to concentrate a lot in that specific side or those specific muscles that you are exercising on based on unilateral. So that's what I decided to do with my, with my leg workout. Um, again, the, the meal prep, I didn't really have meal prep, so I had no choice but to go out and eat. The closest thing that was available was a Tony Romas um, across the hotel. We went to it, the captain and I, and I ordered a full rack of ribs with like some French fries and coleslaw. I was like, you know what? Whatever. Let's let's just, I, I got to eat. And I was not expecting the pool of barbecue on these ribs. I mean, like, why? Why is there so much barbecue on these ribs? Anyways, it it, it was a little, little too much. And, you know... I'm probably not going to go to Tony Romas again if there's going to be that much barbecue. Sorry, Tony Romas, but your bar- your your uh, ribs weren't like that before. I don't know. So I'm just like, I, I don't really want that much barbecue on top of my stuff. But anyways, it, it was good. It filled me up. I ate that like if it was nothing because I worked out. I had my, you know, I hadn't eaten all day and I was super, super hungry. So, you know, when you're really that hungry, you will just to eat anything, just about anything. And you, at that point, sometimes you may not even think, is it healthy for me or it's not, you know, it happens to everyone. And at that point, I didn't really care. I just wanted to eat. For me, it's a little different because I'm, uh, as I've mentioned before, I am on the under caloric uh, spectrum, 
where my metabolism and because I train the way that I train, I'm always, when I'm eating, I'm always under calories, not by much, but I almost never satisfy enough. That's why I started taking these supplements because I've noticed that I am not gain, getting to where I need to be. So for me, I'm like, well, I just need calories, okay? And I'm not going to have a McDonald's, but Tony Romans is not that much better. It actually is, but at that point, I did, it didn't really matter. If, if, my mindset, if my mindset was different where I was trying to lose weight or something, I probably wouldn't have had all of that or I would have taken the barbecue off. You, it's okay to enjoy what you go out and eat, but damn I just can't stress how much barbecue was in that. But anyways, went back. Um, then I had some some more protein shakes throughout the day and then went to sleep early. The next day, 3 a.m., wake up, you know about the morning routine. This time we had about eight hours of flying. We would go Raleigh to Miami and then Miami to Guayaquil, Ecuador. And about a two-hour sit in between, you know those sits always gets you just a tiny bit tired, but... Again, I did a little airport appreciation walk with my morning routine, with the supplements that I've been taking, the vitamins and the protein powder, and just the easing my way into back into lifting weights helped me manage my energy so well throughout that day. Like I was surprised that I had that much energy. I thought I was going to be tired. You're talking about like acclimating yourself for 10 days on a six hour time change in vacation, you come back and then you start working these trips where you start at 3 a.m. Now, fatigue mitigating and fatigue management wise is probably not the smartest, but I actually felt really well throughout this. And this is just my personal thing. I'm not saying you should, you, you should do this, uh, but I was actually surprised of how much better I felt than I thought I was going to. And again, nutrition management, fitness management plays a key role on the way that you're performing in and out of the aircraft. So we get to uh, Guayaquil, Ecuador, had a great time there. Uh, you know, got my workout in this time I did shoulders and arms again, a lot of reps, um, three sets of each. And I mainly try to get my workouts in real quick. I wanted to go and check out the city. I've stayed at Guayaquil before. I love. I kind of love going to the area. And obviously, I ran out of meal prep. Or I didn't really have meal prep, but I ran out of all the overnight oats. I ran out of like the protein powder that I had. So I pretty much had nothing for the way back. And honestly, I, like, I tried the crew meals already. I've tried them all. They're so full of sodium. They're so full of like just... I don't want to, I don't want that in my body. That's just my personal opinion. I would only use it in an emergency where I had to, had to, had to eat. Um, so what I thought about was, well, I don't have meal prep. I ran out of my protein stuff and everything. I'm just going to go grocery shopping and you get really quality, good stuff for a quarter of the price or half the price that you find here in the States. So I got myself some good food, some, some, uh, avocado, banana, uh, apples, and obviously that's for the leg bag because I can't bring those in back into the United States. I didn't want to risk that. So, um, I, and I got a bunch of other good stuff, good grocery stuff that I 
just had on the way back. Oh, hummus too. Got some crackers with some hummus. So that was great for the four hour flight back. So that's another good way for you to plan. If you don't want to take meal prep, well, can you go to grocery stores on your layovers and then just kind of go day by day if you want? That's another good option too. I didn't really, I didn't really do that much at a back on my previous regional job because we didn't really stay near grocery stores. You could use Instacart and get those groceries delivered to you, to your hotel. If you're that, you know, disciplined and planned, it's a great, great way to go about it. But um, now that we're staying at more areas where, you know, closer to downtown and there's a lot of closer things nearby, yeah, absolutely. I'm going to these grocery stores and stacking up, especially if you, if it's domestic, you can just, you know, do your grocery shopping at one of these layovers and it's, 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 it's pretty worth it, you know? So that's how I was able to manage my nutrition sort of during this four day trip on the, on the fourth day, again, a, this one was a three thirty AM wake up and, uh, we got, you know, we got picked up at around four, four ish. And, you know, we had the flight back to Miami again in, in a lot of these, uh, flights, we were working from dark to seeing the sun rise and getting that sunlight. So your, your body's still going, your, your body's up when it's still dark. So your body's just still obviously a little confused. I don't eat anything until I start seeing sunlight, because remember how we talked about the hormonal and cellular circadian rhythm. I want them to match up. If the first thing that you're doing while it's still dark is eating or having coffee, you're kind of confusing a little bit of what your body should be doing. So I don't have coffee and I don't have anything to eat until I start seeing sunlight. Uh, What I do before then is I just drink a lot of water. Drinking a lot of water, obviously we know important hydration is important, but it also allows you to get good nervous and brain function, uh, nervous system and brain function with having or being hydrated. So the first thing that you should do when you wake up is hydrate. So um, that also plays a key significant role on managing fatigue during those early, early wake up um, and then flying throughout the day. Those things are small. And if you can remember to do them, I guarantee you they, they do make a difference when you pile all those things up, you know, not eating until you see sunlight. Not drinking coffee until you see sunlight, until um, doing the cold showers, doing the 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 hip mobility and the core activation. You do all those little things. They play such a key role in how you're going to feel the rest of the day. For me, I wouldn't be talking about this if it's not giving me such great energy. I would obviously want everyone to feel the same, and but this is not the only way to feel that. But if you have a great method that's already working for you, awesome. If you don't, maybe this can help, and then you don't necessarily have to do the exact same. This could be a good foundation, and then you transition into what you prefer to do, but you have to have, you don't have to have, but if you have some sort of routine, it really helps. It lets you, it keeps you remembering all those little things that stack up during the day that make a huge difference at the end of it. So, uh, you know, these layover fit briefs is that this is what it's for. I kind of share what I do and I, I hope that it's been helping a ton of people. 
and I've gotten great messages, great comments. So thank you all very much. I greatly appreciate that. And, you know, if you like these Layover Fit Briefs, if you like these YouTube podcasts, go ahead and subscribe. Give it a like. Follow me on Instagram, Fit Aviators Club. And you can also follow the podcast at The Fit Aviators Club on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music. Go ahead and give it a rating as well if you really like this. Spread the word. Share with your family and friends. It's awesome to be able to just give a little bit back to the aviation community in the knowledge and the experience that I've had and that I continue to get myself educated on to pass it along to you. So thank you all. Fly safe and stay healthy. Thank you.